ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> We're tonight's entertainment. Look at my butt. Oh, look at my front butt. That's not Queens. That's not part of the city. So that's part of Long Island. 
Okay, that, uh, that helps some of us who've never been there. Yeah. Long Island, the home of the best New York filmmaker ever. Well, no, not, not Addison. Uh, who are you thinking of? Andy Milligan. Well, I was I, I was trying to get that name. I knew it was Andy Milligan, but I just couldn't come up with it. Yeah. But, yeah, this has been a weird year. I mean, this is the first year I've seen more new titles on pay-per-view than I went to the movies. Yeah. That's a weird thing, huh? <laughs> yeah. Well, in a I way, I'm glad. Yeah. Only one I went to was, uh, let me see. Oh, yeah, I went to see Deep Cover back in the end of July. Nice. At Central, right? Yeah. Very cool. Never seen that on the big screen. I have sitting right in front of me movie a movie card that I got for Christmas as a gift, and I have yet to see a movie in 2021. So that might be 2020 and 2021 that I never went to a movie theater. That's awful. I better get out tomorrow, huh? <laughs> yep. Yeah. Most of my movies I've seen were at uh, Central. 2020, 20, I, right before the first major lockdown happened, I went and seen The Nice Configuration at Central. And this year I went and seen Deep Cover. Mm-hmm. Was it worth it? Yeah, the last it? film. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, good. I had masks yeah, on last- and they... And they card you in there. Oh, mm-hmm. wow. You know, do you have your shot card? Yes. Yeah, they, they do that here in the city, too. Absolutely. And, of uh, course, yeah, the last film you... I saw, black, Go ahead. The last film I saw was in 2020, and that was Baccarat. That's the last time I've been to a theater. And, of course... Uh, People say physical media are dying, but uh, in this lockdown, uh, McKay's is doing booming business. It's one of those, you got to get there at the right time, at the right place to make sure you get anything good. Yeah, um, all the places I used to go to are all gone. They're closed. They're shut down. Um, there are other stores now. And I used to rely on um, Walmart and sometimes Target to get the the new releases, and they don't have those anymore either. And so I have to go online to get, you know, real media, real well, the last time that all three of us did a show together before the before the incident, uh, talking about how much he wanted to see St. Maud, and it only came out on DVD last month. Wow. Yeah, I mean, I happened to watch that. I did finally get to see that this year, actually. Uh, or was it late last year? I'm not sure. Uh, but yeah, I did. No, I actually did see it this year. Uh, good film. Good film. 
Yeah, Vicky, you probably had a busy end of the year with uh, the Expanse's new season coming out. Yeah. And your girl porn mo- series coming out. <laughs> Are you talking about Witcher? Come on. See, I didn't even have to mention it, Carl. <laughs> Boom. You, you mean the perfect man in his perfect role? Oh, come on. I thought he was perfect in Superman, but... Come on. Witcher is beyond. I've watched Witcher just because I have to have my um, uh, Henry Cavill fix uh, once a week, you know? <laughs> yeah. Be sure you have a bucket there for all the drool. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, really. Um, and, and the Wheel of Time also is really, really good. It's Hollywood finally figured out that, uh, well, not Hollywood, because, like, Witcher's not even Hollywood. It's done in Europe. Um, That fantasy, really good fantasy stories are are so much easier to produce and pay for than science fiction in space. Like, you could do five Witchers compared to, even though they have a lot of, CGI monsters compared to all that Star Trek Discovery stuff. <laughs> yeah. So real time, come on, we need more. The best show that I seen last year was uh, it's new on HBO Max. All four episodes, the fourth ep- the fourth and final episode just hit Monday, and that's Landscapers with uh, oh, David. Yeah. Um, yeah, Thulis. Yes. David yes. Thulis, and I forget her name, but they are so Olivia Coleman. How yeah, Olivia Coleman. Coleman is, the, I wanted her to be the female Doctor Who, but she went on to the crown or to something else, and she, dozens of Emmys for it. But she would have been a great Doctor Who. Oh, and it's four episodes, and it's about a married couple who uh, ended up killing her parents, the wife's parents, for the money. And uh, when they busted them, finally, well, when they turned themselves in, all they had was like, $5 worth of change and some Gary Cooper movie and a shitload of movie memorabilia. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, I, and I it's a true say... story. It's based yeah. on a true story. And it's good. Oh, my gosh, the acting is so good. Oh, and my favorite from Doctor Who, um, uh, Samuel Anderson, uh, Danny Pink. If any of you out there remember Danny Pink? Clara's love. Yeah, Danny's in it. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, Carl, you would think it very hard to think of someone who committed a double murder and, and uh, uh, buried the body and stole all the money. And then you wouldn't think you'd be able to find, make them look very sympathetic while not sugarcoating any of the facts around them. Two Olivia. Oh. Yep. Yep, I love that their whole relationship is so, I don't know, it's not even pitiful at all. 
it's like leave those two alone. They just let them have their existence. It's yeah, I love well, you the line like it. that sums them up is they go to uh, 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 uh mother-in-law. Well, yeah, his stepmom, and she said those two were not made for this world. That was their problem. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So, so if I can interrupt here, I, I want to just mention what I think is, and that would be midnight mass. That was that's mass. pretty much uh, the best reviewed and watched uh, horror miniseries on Netflix this year. Right, and and the one thing I would yep. say, yes, it is horror. But for me, and, and anyone will tell you, if, if it's a religious horror, I'm going to watch it. This is really not even horror to me. It's more uh, a huh? treatise on what goes wrong. It's a treatise on what goes wrong in religion. I mean, they certainly have the vampire, and they certainly do that. But, but, but to me, I was just noticing so much. I mean, remember, I go, you know, I'm I'm part of that. I'm a church organist and. And have dealt with all this politics and all these bullshit things that happen in church. And Bevs, I go, I have seen so many Bevs in my life. It's not even funny. And it's scary. And they nailed it. They nailed and it. And it's a one and done, which Netflix is getting, the streaming generation is getting good at. Make yeah. a miniseries, make it like, one season and it tells one entire story and then the series is done. That's not yeah. the first one that the he's done. There's been uh, uh the haunting of Hill House. He did a season he did that. He did the Fly yeah, House one two, too, right? Yeah. Yeah, there's two seasons of uh Haunting of Hill House, but they're two separate stories. Just saying. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Um, but yeah, you know, Flanagan, um, by the way, Mike Flanagan. Yeah. Yeah, but I just think that you can't leave out the horror faction in Midnight Mass because it gets pretty, pretty damn gruesome. Okay. Um, yeah. So does. I think, yeah, I think that you cannot, you cannot leave that out. Because you can't just say, you know, go watch it, whatever, without warning people that it is fairly gruesome. And the gruesome goes up to the 10th degree as the oh, yeah. story moves on. Absolutely. And sightseers, the more you get inside their little world, Carl, the more the series goes full bore in the surrealism. Well, I'm going to have to watch that for sure. Yeah. Vicki, what did you think about in the third episode when they did that one recreation? And then you got to see them changing the camera, moving the sets and all that. Wait, what are you talking about? Uh, Sightseeing. That one with Thulis in it. Oh, Landscapers. Oh, yeah. Landscapers. Landscapers, yeah. Oh, yeah. Well... Okay, I didn't know that there was a fourth one, so I'll have to watch that tonight. Um, I was just 
taken aback that it was a true story and the way in which they were telling the story, it wasn't chronological. I I really, really liked the way in which it seemed at first it was chronological and then they did that weird thing with it, trying to, I don't know, what was that? A House of Mirrors or something? The way no. in which they told the story, it's just yeah. it's fascinating. They, tell, they told the couple's story, and then they told that how there's no way in hell that could have uh, been the facts. Yeah. Yeah. Because you're you're bought in. And then, uh, but, you know, the cop, the girl, the hard yeah. line, you know, she's like, I don't buy this. I'm not buying this crap at all. <laughs> And I love how they that turned out with her relationship with her father. I mean, it's only four episodes, Carl, but like I said, there's so many facets to it that. Yeah. Um, oh, gee, what's that? What's the name of that film with um, McElvoy in it? The split one. It's supposed to be. Uh, isn't it called split? split? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay. When you say multifaceted, you know that movie was supposed to be multifaceted. But when you look at this, four episodes, one hour each. Uh, well, close to one hour each. This is that broken up, like say a house of mirrors. You go in and there's all those mirrors and then you break those mirrors and so there's even more mirror everywhere, reflection. That's what this show is. Yeah. And it doesn't lose track or anything. It doesn't lose you. You know how sometimes... No. Um, yeah, sometimes, you know, storytellers lose you and you go, what the fuck is going on? I don't get it. <laughs> Yeah, the landscapers, they, they're very meticulous in keeping you along for the ride. And same with Midnight Mass, and I'm glad that they're letting, because there is some movies and shows, well, mostly movies, where you're like, boy, I wish I could have had spend more time with the extras rather than having... Uh, well, I'm taking this name from Austin Powers, Basil Exposition, right, Carl? Who shows right. up and explains everything. Film Ugh. is a video visual mean is a visual medium. So giving uh, Mike Flanagan that about six, seven hours it is. Seven hours, seven episodes. Yeah. And from all the reviewers saying you, there's no bloat in it. No, there's none. There's not. I mean, that thing is stripped down. It's it, it, and, and really where a lot of people had difficulties with it is what I loved about it. Because what? because it's being set in a church, there's there there's a lot of like information, you know, as far as the liturgy and so on and so forth. And there's a lot of stuff under the radar on that um um well not for people who are catholic i mean it's all about the catholic religion all catholic but but, yeah but but then again those hold on those people that have watched it that have complained 
that thought it was, a, you know, a true horror thing. And then they did all this liturgy and they get all this, this stuff that they sort of have to understand what's going on to a certain degree. That's where I've heard most of the uh, arguments against it. But that to yeah, me is. And I can't, I, that doesn't no, matter. Go ahead. I can uh, back up. I can uh, give Carl a thumbs up on that because, yeah, most of the complaints I said that they said, we were confused by all of the theological stuff. Why couldn't they just get to the monsters and the killing? Well, that was because they were probably 25 years old and younger. Uh, Seriously, come on. You you know the demographics of horror. If you... um, if you advertise, this is what I know as a producer of a film, um, if you advertise horror in your film, you know that your um, expectations for bringing in the dollar signs is going to go way up, especially if you advertise to people who are 25 years old and younger. And those are the people that famously don't know anything. They, you know, they literally don't know anything unless they, yeah. you know, do some research, which God forbid somebody with their phone and Google do some research. But that's the point. The point here is, is that you're saying that the most of the, the problems with the show were that it was the liturgy. It was bringing in the, the religious aspect to such a deep extent. But most mature people who have had any kind of um, background in religion know know that that was just really part of the whole entrenchment that the demon was using. Yeah. And so it was enjoyable to so many people. Yeah. But I was disagreeing with Carl. Most of the complaints I've seen were that. It wasn't yeah. horror enough. What? Yeah, that's just the babies talking. The babies, the babies. Well, it wasn't and... exactly, you know, it was extremely disturbing, okay? But it wasn't exactly truly bloodletting or, you know, there wasn't tons of blood and tons of gore. Okay? What? This is what... There's tons this of blood. What... <laughs> There's but, tons but... of blood. I beg to differ. blood. <laughs> But 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 it all comes. You have to go through five episodes before it really starts boiling over. Well, that's what right? I said earlier. Yeah. yeah. Carl wanted those to be like, my God, if it's not as bloody as Blood Feast or Two Thousand Maniacs or uh, <laughs> Dawn of the Dead, it's not bloody at all. <laughs> oh, and there's a. Bring up my first uh, best from last year, which I thank God that the George Romero Society found this, and that would be the amusement park. Mm. I've still not not seen that yet. That is on my list. I have to see that. Oh, it's a I've, it's a honest it. it's a honest and rough view on what it's like to grow old in this society. It has the actor who played uh, Kuda in uh, Martin, and it shows him, like, uh, wandering around uh, a park, having to sell all of his possessions for cheap because he needed rent money, 
uh, you know, just all of the truths and fears of what happens to you when you get old. It was it was uh, supposed to be a pro Lutheran show, but what they got <laughs> was a bit much for them. Yeah, yeah, and and uh, by the way, the actor's name is Lincoln Mazel. Yeah. Um and he was the fa- he was the father of the uh, conductor of the Pittsburgh Symphony Orchestra at the time. Um, but but he is he's just so good, and, and of course you you know him from from the other film from uh, um, Martin, and and just just I have to see this I have to see it. Uh, it was actually the it was the Lutheran Church that wanted to do it and wanted. Uh, a film on aging, and then they got this. And like they said, "Oh, fuck no, we're not, we're not showing this." Yeah. <laughs> okay, the Lutheran Church wanted to make a film on aging. Aging and and, and how we in treat, America. Yeah, yeah. How we treat them in America, and 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 to really like put a focus on the problem. So the Lutheran and, Church was trying to do a good thing. Oh, yeah. absolutely. Absolutely. Okay. All right. But the movie Budget, came out a bit stronger. It came out a bit stronger than they thought it would. And it is really a rough watch. Like there's this one scene that shows uh, him talking to a little girl, and he's actually – happy for the one time in the whole movie and then she has to leave with her mother you know like taking your grandkids away Vicky yes and then it just throws him bawling for about two minutes oh yeah okay I'm not loneliness yeah yeah from what I understand it's very rough it's a rough film but then that's how we treat the old in America. Mm-hmm. Yes, that's right. It's scary Absolutely. to get old. <laughs> well, yeah. Well, that was uh, good. Yeah. What was one on your list, uh, Carl? Well, you know, okay. So first off, I, I deal a lot with uh, incredibly strange films, and we have – a lot of first-time filmmakers and and filmmakers that aren't well-known. So I want to just, for this one, this is actually on YouTube. And you can watch it on YouTube. It's called Who's With Me? It's directed by Austin Allen James. And I think you would really like this, Vicki. It's basically a a younger, you know, millennial uh, uh, who wakes up in his apartment, but he can't get out. And, and there are, um, there are, uh, um, noises and, and, and like, uh, things that he has to stay inside that there's been a, uh, uh, a terrible, uh, um, virus incident. or agent out there. Yeah. And an incident out there. And then he hears someone on the intercom and it's like this conversation between him and, and, and the person on the intercom trying to figure out and the TV, you know, just keeps giving warnings. Don't go outside. You'll die if you go outside. So on and so forth. And it just 
does, you know, it just ratchets up the tension. And, and when you finally figure out what's going on, uh, it brings a lot to it. Um, and this is done with one actor on screen for 79 minutes and one voice actor on the intercom. And that's all it is. And it was done for $7,000. You can find this on YouTube. It's called Who's With Me? And it is really, really good. And it's, and it's great that a young, he just turned 31, uh, went out and did a film and did something real special, just like you're trying to do with your film and, and, and anyone who makes a film, particularly for $7,000. Uh, anyone who makes a film is better than I'll ever be because I've always wanted to do that. I never will. You know, well, that's our film thing. is about that. It's about, at this point right now, we're about $7,000 into it. I, I would say maybe six, and so we might be the lowest budget film. <laughs> I don't no, know. Vicki, you've forgotten the rule. Yeah. You mean you're 18000 into a $20,000 film. There Wait. you go. That's exactly right. Yeah, that rule hasn't changed, which is you always say that your film costs more than it does, so you'll get a better deal deal from the distributor. Absolutely. Right, right. Well, our film is a $50,000 film, (laughs) and (laughs) we are $6,000 into it. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, we still have all our CGI still, so yes, it, it truly will go up in price pretty soon. Yeah. Uh, Vicky, what was one of your favorites from last year? You know, I'm really having a hard time with um, the films that I liked last year because I did see a lot of sci-fi, but I just didn't see much I liked. Um, nothing. And this is hard for me to say because, you know, there was Dune and Matrix, and I really liked Matrix. Um, And there was um, Finch, Tom Hanks' movie. Uh, You know, there were were good sci-fi out there, but nothing that stands out, nothing that I would say, hey, this was so good, you have to see it. And so I'm not really sure I have a favorite. From last year, I I will say that I like Matrix better than the other two movies I just mentioned. Yeah, but I I don't know if I have I have a lot of films that I really hated, really hated, and we can talk about those after we get done with our yeah. Our good well, films. the Matrix, you know how uh, Carl uh, uh, Elvis Costello had the line that says, "I want to bite the hands that feed me." Lana Wachowski bites the holy shit out of uh, Warner Brothers' <laughs> hand during the first nice. part of this movie. Nice. Yeah. yeah the re- Go ahead. Go ahead. No, no, no. No, keep going. I didn't see Spider-Man, so I hear that it's really, really good, and my little regal ticket here sitting next to me might take me into the theater to see Spider-Man. Um, yeah. And so, 
you know, I know a lot of people like it. But as far as superhero movies go, you know, they're, they all have the same kind of formula, so maybe it is pretty good. But there oh. was a lot of sci-fi this past year, but it was so under B-level sci-fi movies that the writing mostly was atrocious. So I don't know. I thought yeah. The Matrix, though, did a spin and really uh, – uh, I thought it was really good to bring out what it brought out, the power of two, you know, not the power of one. And uh, uh, that really pissed a lot of people off. Yeah, and the real villain of the movie, the actor that plays him is freaking great in that role. <laughs> no spoilers, right? No spoilers, I, I'm yeah. what the role is, but yes. I, I, I've got to see it just for him. Well, no question. You know what? The reviewers have already said who it is, you know. I don't think we can – I don't think we'd spoil it if we'd say. Okay, Neil Patrick Harris. Of course he is because he's so great. <laughs> <laughs> he's so great in everything he does. Dr. Horrible. And I love, yeah, and I love the blue glasses. Uh, yeah. That they had him wear in the movie. Yes, and that smirky smile he has. You, of course, know he's the villain because he wears that smirky smile. <laughs> and nice. And they go from the, yes, they. it is a reboot, but it's more of when you wipe out all the information in your computer and just start again, reboot, rather than we're going to do a sequel that's not a sequel, reboot. Goodness, man. I I hate the way they do those, you know, like Star Wars. Um, the reboot sequel that's not a continuation or Star Trek Discovery. Ugh. <laughs> Or Star Trek, uh, let's get Picard, Picard? the curse. Picard. It's a P-card. It's not Picard. It's P-card. <laughs> Why well, my about P-card? Is it the same thing to go to the bathroom? <laughs> it might be. It's a new one. <laughs> because, well, there was no P-card in 2021. So, wait. When did it come out? I thought it came uh, out in 2020. 2020, yeah. winter of 2020. Yeah. There was no 2021 P-card. <laughs> yeah. But I, all but I'm saying I, is that... I mean, really, this year, all the movies, because of when they were first scheduled to come out, it just seemed like uh, when you finally get an order of your records, and you have to blow dirt, dust off of it. <laughs> Even yeah. though it is a new record. I mean, I can't think of many of the big movies that weren't finished and in the can. I mean, look how long, oh. how many time, how many months the newest James Bond was scheduled and rescheduled and scheduled and rescheduled. True. Yeah. You know, Godzilla vs. King Kong was a solid 
2021 movie. Yeah, it was, that, uh, I hated the fact that Kong had to do the job for Godzilla. Ooh. Yeah. Well, I hate that it was always called Godzilla vs. Kong or King Kong or whatever they named it, Kong. Because those two are friends, and they beat up the bad guys. They should never be fighting each other. I would have titled it Godzilla vs. Kong. Hey, I'm fucking Mechagodora here. Over here. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. There were good things about that. See, that's another one of those 2021 movies. There were good things about that movie. And then there were some pretty horrible, god dang, horrible, horrible things about that movie. You, to That's me, it's the every humans again. with uh, the girl from uh, Stranger Things. Stranger, yeah, yeah. She's a good you, actress. I like her. She yeah. was in a good 2021 movie. Anola Holmes is a good movie. I've watched it yeah. three times. I like it. It's done well, but but not in Kong and Godzilla. It's another one of those cases like, oh, we gotta shoehorn in these uh, actors here because yep. they're American, and we need an American point of view. Ugh. Yeah, that's what I love about The Witcher. You don't have to have an American point of view. Yeah. Well, it's a European series made off of a yep. Russian novel series, and there was two games yep. before we even got the first one. Yes. Yes, yes. All yes to all of that. The go <laughs> so to you, Carl. Uh, it's like, you ever notice a 90% of the theological movies, they always have The Outsider. To right. give uh, us a relatable character. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yep. Understood. Understood. There's times when you don't need a relatable character. Like, one of mine and your favorites, hell, there wasn't even a hero in that movie. Well, there was for about five seconds then. What movie? Which movie are Suicide Squad. Oh, oh, well, well oh, yeah. that, that's the best, uh, that's the best uh, uh, superhero movie or whatever you want to call it that I've seen yeah. this year. I, I just rewatched that in preparation for this. Uh, I don't and my God, I loved movie. it. I loved it. It is just yeah. pure hilarious, Vicky, yeah. if you haven't seen it. No, I have seen it. I have seen it. And you get I John never... Cena and his tidy whities in the middle of the jungle. And they <laughs> ask the proper question. What the fuck are you doing with just your tidy whities on in the middle of the jungle? Oh. <laughs> yeah, really? <laughs> well, James Gunn, you know, the one thing about James Gunn, uh, who directed that and directed uh, Guardians, is that he has a real sense of the misfits. 
and these the the, the the misfit crew, and it really works out well. Um, and he's so good, and, and and he makes them human too. They're human characters, and they're relatable. And they have flaws, and 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 how can you not love Ratcatcher in that? Seriously. Oh Rat yeah, Ratcatcher the second. The second, right? Ratcatcher is the daughter. Yeah, right. The second. Yeah. Yeah. And most people, I well, didn't even recognize that it was Takawahili as Rat Catcher number one. Right. right. Oh, my God, I love him. I love him. I found one of his movies that I absolutely love. I won't, I, I, all I know is I love him. He just gets <laughs> it. He gets it. As far as a producer, as far as a screenwriter, as far as a director, he just gets it. Do more. <laughs> and I love that speech by Polka Dot, man, where he talks about, uh, I need to kill my mother. Well, why do you kill everyone? Everyone is my mother. <laughs> my mother. <laughs> then he shows that. Which leads oh, to some great gag with him. Yeah. Uh, probably the most fun movie I've watched all year. That's just a blast. It just seriously yeah. is a blast. True, I agree. I agree. It is fun. And Stallone was great in it. Oh, yeah. I Agreed. have to say that, yeah, they were all <laughs> great in it, actually. I think you could tell that the, all of them were having a really great time. Michael Rooker was having a great time. I love him having a great time until <laughs> yeah, right. yeah. I, just, I, I love that I'm just like no <laughs> yeah that was one of my favorite funny gags in the movie is that every one of the team that we followed from the beginning credits for the first five minutes yeah. gets aced <laughs> I know <laughs> I know that's when I said, um, you know, it's just it's a get it movie. It's everything that you wish you could see in all the other movies, the superhero movies that you never get to see. And right. Bill the Cat. Yes. <laughs> I I just saw that again, and and you had mentioned that the weasel was Bill the Cat, and I was yeah. like, I yeah maybe. Then I watched it again just two days ago. And uh-huh. there is a shot with his tongue hanging out yes. and his arms exactly like <laughs> Bill the Cat. It is, right. you're dead on about that. And he you're goes, dead on. one scene. Yes. <laughs> but yeah, that yep. one was fun. It's sad that it didn't make as much money as it, as, uh, in theaters, as it said, it seems like the only movie that's really made money this year has been Spider-Man. Yeah, that's uh, true. My most disappointing, which ain't my worst, is just that I expect better from this franchise is uh, The Conjuring. The devil made me do it. Oh, I... Well, I I tried to watch that. I, I think too. it was too slow. I thought it was too slow. 
I'm just sitting there waiting and waiting and waiting some more. When something's going to happen, how come he's looking through that doorway? We all know that that doorway is some kind of evil back there. We know it. We know it. And ten minutes go by and nothing happens. And it's like, okay, and I'll just go that the and the whole movie is focused on a gazebo. <laughs> oh, that movie! I swear yeah. to God. Called up. There's a main subplot about uh, the guy Warren building Mrs. Warren a gazebo. Okay. <laughs> okay, yeah. whatever. Yeah, my point. I mean, it's based on a real case, which is uh, the first guy to claim that the devil possessed his body when he did said murders. Yes. But still, it was so boring you know yeah i'm you guys know i don't watch a lot of horror but you know what it came across my feed and i'm like oh i can see it for free well not free i pay for the service right i'm like okay because i'd never go to the movie theater to watch it all right i'm gonna watch it oh steven's gonna be proud of me because i'm gonna watch it I only made it like uh, 20 minutes in, and then he started talking about the gazebo, and I'm like, oh, so long. Oh, I couldn't even make it 20 minutes. I think 16. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, and and, uh, one of your favorites is... uh, the film that Paul Schrader declared is the best of last year, of this year. Yeah, I. so on Christmas Day, I treated myself and uh, rented uh, the card counter. Now, I love Paul Schrader. Uh, of course, he started as a writer. Uh, he wrote, you know, um, co-wrote Mean Streets. He did... Uh, um, of course, Rolling Thunder, one of our favorite films, Obsession. Then he went into directing. And basically, he deals with men who are flawed, who try to save somebody else and basically fuck up. And and uh, uh, this is his best film since Light Sleeper, which is, had been my favorite film of his. Um, it stars um, Oscar Isaac as this ex-con who learned how to count cards in in, uh, prison, and he's doing the uh, casino circuit now, uh, playing blackjack and also poker. He hooks up with this Uh woman who is uh, uh, Tiffany Haddish, who who is a uh, sort of like, uh, you know, basically uh, recruits people to go into the WSOP World Series of Post a poker, and he also befriends this young gentleman whose whose uh, father committed suicide because of what happened at Avograd, who also and 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 befriended Oscar Isaac because he was also there. They find that uh, uh, Willem Dafoe, who was a uh, uh, Soldier and then came in as a, a, a as a uh, basically a, a civilian uh, um, 
worker there who who uh, tortured people and so on and so forth. They conspired to kill him. And it gets, it, it, you know, that sounds like it's 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 pulpy and that sort of thing, but that's not what Schrader does. And and he really focuses on quiet character. And so a lot of people have complained it's boring. It's not boring at all. Not if you really get into uh, the uh, his, his the way he tells stories, you know. And and I, I just think it's fantastic. Best film I saw all year, easily, easily the best film I saw all year. How can you use card counting for poker? You don't. But what he says, what he says in it, is is that uh, he can also read people. And he and one of the things he talks about poker, and which is very true because I love to play poker. It says poker. It's about patience. Poker is about patience, and 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 suddenly hours go by, and nothing happens, and then finally something happens that either makes or breaks you, and you have to make sure that you're 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 playing the right hand, that you have to pick your spot. Well, this you is the know way what I've heard about. Po- yeah, you know how I heard what I've heard about poker. What the first thing you do in a room is look for the sucker. If you can't mm-hmm. find the sucker, then it's you. Well, let me put it this way. <laughs> the funny thing about it is, as I was in a poker league for a number of years, when I was working at uh, Music and Arts, and these guys would go to Vegas like two times a year, and one of them was in the WSOP. And they brought me in, and it took me a little while, but, 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 uh, I remember Gary telling me that uh, he never saw anyone uh, improve so quickly as I did. And, and of course, I played poker before in college, but it wasn't Texas Hold'em. It was five-card stud, seven-card stud. That's a different game. So, well, But it's a good yeah, film. It's I, a really yeah. good film. I could see you doing that, going from very shitty to not that shitty at all. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Uh, I appreciate that. I'll take that as a compliment, Stephen. <laughs> and now I got to go to my spe- one of my special awards, the Hugo Stiglitz for bad acting in a movie. Last year we had Capone, which was uh, Tom Hardy shitting on himself while slowly dying of syphilis for two hours. <laughs> I wish I'm not exaggerating it at all, Carl. That was no, basically no, the no, whole he's movie. Not. He's not, and I still don't think it's as bad as as uh, as the one you made me watch. But yeah, God, every it. year it is. And my worst acted this year is Zola. Which is Zola. the one about the two, the black, white, trash girl, and the black, trash girl, and the white girl, who also is ghetto trash. And it's how, it's basically based on a, a Instagram post that she made about how she uh, wanted to get rid of Zola, 
and it's basically like spring breakers with hookers and proud to be ghetto trash. Oh, God. So you have to put oh. two hours of them doing the Shaniqua crap from in living color. Oh, it makes the two uh, gay guys. Oh, that sounds wonderful. Uh, I just have to see that movie not. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I have one. I have I have my own nominee for a bath, uh, worst actor this past year in a sci-fi film. I don't want okay. to interrupt. I just want to say that I no, have no, one. No, no, no. Go ahead. No, go, no, go ahead. ahead. Go okay. Ahead. All right. All right. Oh, boy. Because we watched this, I think, on New Year's last year. So it was like the first sci-fi film of 2021. Big, big, big thing on Amazon, right? The Tomorrow War with Chris K. I like Chris Pratt in his uh, superhero movie, you know, Guardians of the Galaxy. I like Chris Pratt in my favorite um, sitcom, Parks and Recreation. But whoever said Chris Pratt was supposed to be in this movie was wrong. And not only that, whoever gave him this script and thought that he would be good in this script is, was just so, so, so wrong. They can't advertise it enough to get enough people to just click on it to pay for his um, his salary. Because I'm telling you, it's a terrible movie. Chris Pratt is a comedian. Foremost. He's not drama. He can't do drama. He is a comedian. He's one of those, you know... He can. He's a he's a physical comedian, right? Yeah. Well, mm-hmm. he played this whole movie two hours of excruciatingly serious sci-fi Chris Pratt, and it was barf. It was horrible. It took a you know a sort of you know the, that familiar sci-fi B movie, Aliens Invade. And they threw a little time travel into it, had some pretty good CGI. But every time he was on the screen, it was just like he was holding back and he was making his face look serious. I'm serious here. I'm a serious actor doing serious drama. Yeah, but look who they had against him. They had Chris Pratt trying to be serious. Up against J.K. Simmons, you yes. can act his ass off the screen like Chris Pratt acted off by J.K. Yes. Simmons. Yeah, it it was the most it was the worst cast movie of all. Oh, I don't know who played his wife. I don't know who played his wife. She was whoa, really horrible. A uh, Yvonne okay. she was. <laughs> Horrible. Yeah. So, but oh, no, 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 wait, 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 wait. It was okay, Betty okay. Gilpin. Get, Betty Gilpin was the wife. Please, don't ever act again, Betty. Go find yourself a real job. <laughs> oh. 
<laughs> the little girl could act better than Pratt and Gilpin put together, and she wasn't very good. Okay? It's, a, it's terrible. Okay? And Yvonne, she's fine. She's a good actress. She just had a really shitty part to play. Okay? I'm not going to give the movie away because some people are going to want to watch it. So I'm not going to tell you the plot or the theme other than it's Independence Day but not Independence Day. Okay? Don't watch it. <laughs> Unless you right, like J.K. Simmons, but he's all... But he's always good in anything he does. Right, but he, he's not in it enough to watch the movie. I know. <laughs> I was thinking every time he was on screen, I was like, where's J.J. Simmons, man? Give him back. <laughs> you know, when the B characters are better, when you really want to know what happens to them, and then when they die, you're like, crap, now what am I going to watch? You know, you know <laughs> you're watching the movie. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so Chris, go no, to the Galaxy Guardians of Galaxy again. Okay. Okay, so I have someone that I will uh nominate for Hugo Stiglitz. I'm sure Vicky's just going to want to strangle me. Why? But it's all <laughs> the same thing as Chris Pratt being in a movie that doesn't fit him, right? Yeah. Okay, my nominee is Benedict Cumberbatch. In what? Yeah. In what okay, though? well, it's funny. I got two choices. Not uh, the cat movie. Pal- uh, yeah, I I fucking hated that movie. I thought he, I I really did. And the thing, the what? funny thing about that, the Electrical Life of Louis Wayne. I have a very close Facebook friend of mine. Who, uh, her name is PB Galena, and PB loves Louis Wayne. And and and, right. and she, she always uses po- a lot po- of his work. Yeah. Right, but not nearly enough. Not nearly enough. And I found, I, 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 he, I just didn't buy it. And the thing is, it became so soap opery. And 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 the whole thing with his sisters and and that it just it just didn't. Yeah, but is fit that right the script or the actor? Well, well, to me, I thought I I didn't buy him in the role. Didn't buy him in the role at all. Um, I did buy him in Power of the Dog more, but yeah, I didn't like that, that was, film either. Oh, God. You didn't like that film? No. Didn't like that oh, film either. Yeah, Power of the Dog got, is pretty close to being my worst film of the year. Hmm. But oh, then the musical I, I came it. out. I ain't going to say it for later, but Carl no one talk about. But a musical came out this year that automatically went to my number one worst of the year slot. It was that easy. <laughs> Is that because a, a guy who makes a really good shark movie made a really terrible musical movie? <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> well, I tell you what, I know a worse musical. I do. Oh, well, yeah, I, I do too. In the Heights. In the Heights. Oh God. Oh wait, yeah. what's that? That what's his name? The um. Lin Manuel. Oh, let's see. No, no. Um, you guys probably didn't watch this movie. I didn't, but all the kids watched it. Um, 
Llewellyn, not Llewellyn. Why do I want to say Llewellyn? The movie is the guy's name, and it's a musical, and it came out. Oh, Evan, Evan, Evan. Yeah, Evan. Evan Hansen. Hansen. Yeah, yeah, that. I did not see that one. I refused. (laughs) Yes. Is that a movie about the Hansen brothers that had the hit song "Um (laughs) Bopper" in the nineties? No. Oh. No, but you know, In the Heights was bad, too. In the Heights was oh. not Cats? good. Yeah. Meow. 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 <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't meow. a 2021, but it was yeah. bad. Oh, and another one we can drag out is uh, Music by Sia, which one of the worst it, cases of the happy retard I have seen since Red Christmas. Oh, God. Oh, I don't God. even know it. No, no, no. I heard about that. I, I refuse to even acknowledge that movie. Uh, uh, that one goes probably into the Hall of Shame immediately. No. <laughs> to bring up another one that I liked... Uh, uh, I finally got to see it, and it's Nick Cage and Pig. That is a film you won't expect uh, where it goes. I want to see that. I want to see it. No, I haven't seen I, it either, and and that's definitely on my list to see. Yeah, he plays a guy who's a, a pet truffle pig gets kidnapped, and it's more about cooking. And meals than it is about revenge and yeah. Yeah, I've, I've heard really good things about it. It's, it's a film I definitely want to see. Um, when you're ready, I've I've got one too. So oh, so, go ahead. Uh, yeah. So so Vicky, you were you were yeah. saying how terrible the science fiction movies were. Yeah. Well, I happen to disagree with you. There was one that I just thought was fantastic. And it it premiered on Netflix in February, I think. It's a Korean film. And it's called Space Sweepers. Yeah, it's to I me thought it was. No, there's a Space Sweepers, too. But they are like truckers. Yeah, but there, but but it's a really good film, and 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 I just enjoyed it. It, it. It's the closest thing I've seen to something like Star Wars, that type of space opera, and 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 I just I just thought it was really really well done. <laughs> and it has yeah, my vote it? as. Well, hold on, Steve, just a second. Um, so it has my vote as the most underrated film of the year. Uh, underseen, underrated, whatever you want to call it. Uh, it is just, I loved it. I just had a blast. I watched it like three times in a row in like four days. I I loved it. So so you saw it, Vicky. What did you think? Um, the I the way I think about a lot of um 
especially Korean movies or offerings. Let's call them offerings as far as uh, the Korean people have a different view on how to present science fiction. And I like Mm -hmm. it. I like it a lot. I like the way that they tell, they do their storytelling. I do. I like it a lot. And so I'm not going to say that it was a bad story, nor am I going to say that it didn't have really good aspects to it, little girl, all that stuff. But I don't see it as a space opera. I really don't. And I I see it above the pile. What do you? What gives you this feeling of a space well, it, opera? It, okay, so it has this really sweeping plot that that goes all over the place, and 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 you just you just have to grab on and just float with it and 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 ride with it until the end. It's it's one of those things that once you grab onto the film, it just takes you. You know, and that to me is that type of sweep. Was was what Star Wars did, right? I mean, when we were uh, kids and we watched. So that's what I'm saying. We weren't kids when Star Wars came out, but let's not debate that. <laughs> uh, uh, film did. Well, I, I, old, I so. watched it. It was okay, no, but I do weren't. have a biggest. I have a horrendous fucking gripe about the timeline that it showed and what it didn't mention was uh, being the Ricardos. Oh, I have not watched it yet. Yeah, it's good, but it ends really right when Desilu Studios is kicking into full gear. So no mention of Andy Griffith, no mention of that little show that I don't know if it's still running today in movies and cartoons and stuff. Uh, Star Trek, maybe? (laughs) Yeah. There's no mention of that, you know. It's just about the first week of her finding out that she's pregnant and uh, dealing with that. What was this again? What? Being the Ricardos. Ricardos. Oh, oh, this, okay, wait. This is, the whole thing is just about when Lucy finds out that she's pregnant. With little Ricky? Yeah. Yeah, and how they uh, incorporated it into the show rather than hide it. Oh, like it was a breakthrough thing, which it was. Yes, I know. It just was. Um, wow. Okay. That's hey, not what I would want to watch. plays uh, Ricky, R- Ricky Ricardo. And Nicole right. Kidman plays Lucy. Oh. And guess and guess who plays uh uh, uh Ethel? Guess, not Ethel, but uh her husband. Fred. Guess who plays Fred? Who? Who? J. K. Simmons. Oh yeah, of course. <laughs> All hell to the Lord. All right. <laughs> yeah. But oh, it's just funny, sorry. Ones that I wanted to see that I didn't get to see yet is uh the new James Bond film, uh No Time to Die. Uh Yeah, I haven't seen it. Swan Song with no, no. Udo Kier 
God, I want to see oh, that. Oh, I've got to see that. Have yeah. to see that. Um, but I, I have did. one. Go ahead. Oh, go ahead. Sorry. No, no, no. No, go oh. ahead. Go ahead, Vicky. Okay, because I think both of you saw this, and I was reluctant to watch it, and I did, and I have to say I liked it for what it was. I don't think it's a great film, but I liked it for what it was, and that's um, The Green Knight. I Didn't wanted you guys to see that. Seen I it. haven't seen it. Yeah. No. I oh, watched I thought the two you both other did. adaptions from 1970, the one with uh, Sean Connery, and forget who's in the other one. Yeah. Michael King? No. No, that's yeah. the man who was that's seen, right? Never mind. Never mind. I was wrong there. Sorry. <laughs> totally but yeah, I this wanted to see that. The, yeah. An adoption of the of the poem. Uh, right. Sir Gawain and the Green Knight. And it's um kinda it's surreal. I like it because it's it's very surreal. And it it it, it follows the poem in a surreal sort of way. It's, you know, it doesn't go literal. And Dev Patel is um, Sir Gawain, of which you would never think of that because, you know, the poem is so British and he's not so British. And so <laughs> it, um, it turns all your expectations upside down. And it's very... Uh, uh, frustrating at times, and it has little little tiny twists in it. As as Sir Gawain is out hunting for the Green Knight, it has these little twists in it that you're like, "Fuck, just get on with your journey." But then there's the twist, and then the twist comes back at the end, and it all makes sense, and it's all really good. And I yes, I did have to study this poem when I was in university, okay, getting my yeah. degree. And so there is it all plot sense. points in the Green Knight I heard and Vicky both confirmed that if yes. you have read the poem you'll understand better yep. than if you haven't read the poem or know the yes. contents of it. Yes, so you know what? I think that this movie was perhaps my favorite movie of 2021 because it had all these elements in it that I really liked. Like, what was that? The 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 color of what was that with um last year's movie? Oh, the color of space. Yes, that movie was so fantastic. It was surreal and wonderful and I think that was my favorite movie of 2020 and so this one the green knight is my favorite of 2021 because of the surrealness and sticking to a lot of the little themes and plots of the real poem it's just and dev patel you you think i've he i've always liked him ever since he was a kid acting i've always thought he has that special Spark to be a really great actor, so he's he was fine in this role. In fact, he kind of stumbles into this whole thing like me, really, eh? and and so yeah, the Green Knight. 
I recommend it. I think you can uh, see it on Amazon right now. If you have Prime, I don't think you have to pay for it. Yeah. I'll, I'll have to watch that. I'll definitely yeah. have to watch that. Uh, who's that English director that the weirder his movies get, the more I like them, Carl? That would be John Borman. No, 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 no. He had a film come out this year that yeah, you John said Borman. you watched oh, and couldn't go through. Ben yeah, Ben Wheatley. He made a film that's basically a cross between the color out of space and <laughs> a field in England. Into the Wood, it's called. Into the Wood? No, 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 In the uh, in the Earth is what it is. Yeah, In the Earth. In the yeah. Earth? In yeah. the Earth. What happens is this person disappears into a, a wooded area where noises are being heard coming out of. So his friend and another scientist go inside the woods to try to find him and and shit gets very 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 weird oh good god that's an understatement (laughs) (laughs) okay Wheatley is somebody that I can appreciate and and I know that that, uh, Stephen loves his, his films and I can appreciate it but Good God, try to make any type of sense about this. Ain't going to friggin' happen. Yeah, but it's about a virus. Okay, wait, I just want to say one word. One word. COVID. <laughs> try to make yeah. sense of that, okay? Try to make sense of that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, no, we, I don't want to. We called it in the interview. Uh, he said... One of this is uh, one of the first COVID movies. Yeah, I'm looking at the the wiki of it right now. That's what it seems like. One of the first COVID movies. It doesn't say that, but that's what it looks like. Mm-hmm. <laughs> How can you make any sense of a virus movie? You know, Contagion... Is the only movie that makes any sense with a virus because that is not the way that the the United States nor the world took this stupid virus. You know, maybe if it killed people as quickly as that movie virus killed people, maybe things would be different. But look at look at the crazy shit from COVID. And another one. Yeah, well, well, this isn't exactly virus either. Yeah. I mean, it is, but but and that's the setup of it. Yeah, but, but, viral isolation thriller. Right, right. That's the setup, but that's not what makes it weird. Not <laughs> by a long shot. Yeah. It gets really strange. Well, viruses kind of once they infect you, they do weird shit to your brain. So, like, there's, you know, COVID fog and mind fog and stuff. Yeah. So maybe maybe that's what the movie has in it. I don't know. I'm yeah. just guessing. Yeah. Another one that I love from last year is uh, 
I just looked at the poster and it's uh is like Jason Statham and the guy who did uh Lock Stock and Ten Smoking Barrels. I forget his name for now. Uh yeah, he did he did Sherlock Holmes and he did yeah, I know exactly who he's yeah. talking about. And him and the Jason Statham get together and Wrath of Man is a brutal old school seventies style crime film. Oh, interesting. Nice. I yeah, there isn't many action. You know, it doesn't play out like your, an action movie. It plays out like a crime film. Uh, Jason Statham plays a character who, for some reason, the movie reveals, uh, gets a job at this uh, company, uh, armored car company where there was a shooting about three weeks before he joined there. And a teenager got killed. Huh. Okay. And uh, we learn more about it. It's, it's told in that flashback way, the set, not as dreamlike, but the same way uh, the limey is told. You know, Okay. it goes back and tells you the important plot points, you know, in reverse. Okay. Cool. I have to watch that. Oh, in I reverse. definitely have to watch that. Sometimes those are good. Sometimes they're not. Yeah, okay. I'm real picky when it comes to action. <laughs> so I, I, I've got uh, two that I want to talk about very briefly. Now, and I'm going to put them together because simply because they have the same sort of DNA. <laughs> you all know that that I love, you know, I have this thing about um, the Jewish religion and, and that sort of thing. And there were two movies I just saw this week um, that I have to uh, 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 talk about. And they both have to do with uh, Jewish life. And one is called Shiva Baby. And it's basically about this young girl who uh, has a, um, a sugar daddy. She's in, in school, and she's coerced by her parents to go to the Shiva. Now, Shiva is a funeral remembrance, sort of like you, you gather and, and you talk about, you know, the person who's died and everybody comes. Well, not only does she have to go to this, but her... her uh, uh, Former uh, uh, lesbian lover is there, and plus also her sugar daddy shows up with his uh, Gentile wife and their baby. And uh, if you know anything about Jewish life, you know, and Jewish families, it, uh, you know, all the pressures and all that come in, and it's a very, very acidly funny film that's shot like a horror movie. And at 73. 76 minutes, it's very short, and it is brutally fun, and it is very, very sharp satire, and I recommend it highly. The other film I just want to mention briefly is called The Vigil, which is about an Orthodox Jewish uh, uh, 
young person who has basically turned his back on, on his religion because <clears throat> of something that's happened to his past, in his past. And uh, his former um, rabbi comes to him and says, uh, um, you know, sit. Uh, they, I forget what it's called, um, but they have this ritual in Orthodox uh, Judaism where you have to sit with the dead person uh, in a vigil. And, and it's for 24 hours. There are three people that do it at eight hours each. Yeah. And so he goes. Oh, hold on for a second, Carl. Down south, we used to do that, and you older Southerners would know this is sitting up with the dead. Right. And so, uh-huh. so he goes and does this because he's getting paid for it. And um, there's um, the person there is uh, has a mesak attached to him, which is basically a grief demon. And you find out during the movie that his younger brother died under his watch by uh, by people who who were uh, anti-Jewish and you know basically beat beat both him and his younger brother. And he can't forgive himself. And so it's about defeating this grief. And even though it is a horror movie and and certainly has horror movie tropes, it again really attaches uh, to that particular level. And and, uh, when you see a horror movie, which is basically in English, Hebrew, and Yiddish, and you have to have uh, uh, subtitles to all of them, it's a fascinating film, and and uh, I really really liked it. Both these films actually sounds have been like a, to... sounds like a Jewish version of the funeral by Abel Ferrara. No, actually, it's the Jewish version of a dark song, which I saw uh, what four or five years ago, yeah. and was on my top ten at, at that but time. But you understand very, why very I say much. that, don't you? Oh no, I do. I do. I understand that completely. <laughs> okay. But it's really good. Be, yeah. This is going to be fun. Carl, you're going to have to moderate this uh, discussion. Because okay. one of my favorites of last year was Dune. And Vicky hated it. I didn't okay, hate I'm just it. I said. Back and listen to the fireworks, okay? I, is that okay? Can I, I do that? Yeah. <laughs> I didn't say I hated it, okay? We can go back and see what I wrote about it. I didn't say I hated it. Tell us why you liked it. (laughs) I I just love the acting and how they uh, showed more of the manipulation that was done to make sure that Jenny Bazaret and uh, the Atreides had taken over. Like when they landed and they said, they they said, they looking for, the, they've been looking for the Kisak Haderach for 300 years now, and that's how we keep them under control. Yeah. <laughs> but the one thing we do agree on, and I'm going to let, Vicky, go off on this once I said it. It okay. cut out two of the biggest characters that are supposed to be in the first oh. half of the book. Oh. One is the Padishah Emperor, and the second yep. is Fade Harkonnen. 
<laughs> okay, come on, Nick. I want to hear that. Okay. okay, wait. First off, when you say acting, first, first, let me just say this movie. There was a movie before Dune came out about six weeks earlier, and it was called Reminisce, and it had Hugh Jackman and that lovely, beautiful, bored-like, <laughs> actress name. Yes, bored, like a wooden board, Rebecca Ferguson. <laughs> Oh, my God. And she's Lady Jessica. Oh, no. Oh, oh, Paul. I feel so bad for you, Paul. Oh, Paul, your father is dead. Oh, Paul. Oh, Paul. I can't stand it. She is not a good actress. (laughs) She is. You watch Reminisce. It's a horrible movie. No, it's not horrible. There's some really good, good, good acting in that movie, and it is ruined by the the pedestrian script. But she brings nothing to that role. Hugh Jackman is supposed to fall in love with her. Oh, who would fall in love with her? She's not even that pretty, for one thing. And then another thing is that she is like a wooden board. You know those when you take a tree and you Strip it down to be a plank on a on a fence that's you know six feet across or something. A plank that's her, and so she's playing Lady Jessica. I didn't buy her for one second, not one second. And she's emotionless. She's she's not strong. She breaks down and she cries, but those tears weren't real. You couldn't tell if she was sad for herself or sad for her son. Or sad for her husband who was murdered. It just, oh, okay, enough of her. Okay, Oscar Isaac was fine. Jason Momoa was fantastic. But when it comes to um, uh, a bad guy, Harkonnen, um, Skarsgård is really a fantastic actor. And the tiny tiny little bit they gave him he wasn't to me he wasn't scary at all not one bit scary not one bit threatening kind of growled a little bit he had this weird scowl on his face he was covered in oil but there was no real fierceness for the way in which the Harkonnens destroy the Atreides there was none of that passion that I I hate them to my very essence. I'm going to kill them, but I'm going to kill them in the most horrible way. There was none of that. Okay, that's the acting. I got other uh, things to say. Yeah. Well, the biggest uh, fulcrum missing is Fade because yes. in the book, in every movie adaption, Fade is the centerpiece of the Baron's plan, as in he was going to send the Raban to take over, and after they were fil- after his dumbass had screwed everything up and brutalized the people, Fade was going to come in like uh, a saving angel, 
come down upon him to save them from this evil, ignorant brother of his. Right, right, right. But even Dave Batista wasn't ignorant enough. The the uh, Raban I really like. Oh, well, I like them both. I like the one in um, David Lynch's film, but the Raban was just the yes. But in the in the miniseries, that Raban he was like airhead dumb, and he loved killing and torturing. And Dave Batista just did not give that to that. Maybe he wasn't allowed to give it. I don't know. I don't know. And they owed Joe Dworsky some money because they ripped off his ideas for the Omnithropters being like bug shaped. Yeah, they do. They abs- now. I thought that was cool. I liked them. Makes kind of sense because there's so much sand. Um, for the longest time, NASA said we can't go to the moon. That dust up there, it's all like dust. It's more like sand, and it gets in everything, and it destroys machinery, blah, 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 blah. What? Did uh, Anakin Skywalker work for NASA? (laughs) I think so. So those those bug designs with the, the, the wings and all that would shake and the First, a lot of dirt and sand and everything. I think that's brilliant. I loved it. But that music that Hans Zimmer, who is one of my favorite, favorite all-time um, soundtrack score writer people, you know? Yeah. Hans Zimmer said before him, we have made a soundtrack. I am... I'm paraphrasing here. We have made a soundtrack that is so beautifully different and sounds you have never heard before that will take you to this new planet, a wreck. Um, yeah? Well, no. That was not... <laughs> I have tons of sci-fi music in my catalog that have the same exact sounds, the same exact beats, the same exact everything he said was going to be brand new and vast and something you've never heard before, going to transport you. That was just Hollywood bullshit. Yeah, the music is incidental, Carl. I mean, really. They could have cut out all the music in the movie and you wouldn't yeah. have missed it. And yep. that's how low they put it in the mix, man. They put yeah. it so low that you can barely hear it. It was it's just not you know, this build up, build up, build up for doom, 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 doom. And it turned into a, a eye candy. It was eye candy. That's what it was. I mean, the the landscapes are vast and beautiful. Um, some of the shift in technology was not not good at all. These big, giant, gigantic thousands and thousands of tons of ships coming out of orbit and sitting on the ground, that was just stupid. Just stupid. They didn't even talk to a scientist about it. Um, but... 
there was beauty to it, and then there was too much austerity to it also, and too much parading around and not enough people interaction. Yeah, I didn't like it very much. I liked it more than you, but I agree with everything you say about it. I'm just waiting to see how they how they handle the landing. Yeah. Well, I didn't like also that they rushed to have Zendaya or how how do you say her name? Zendaya? Zendaya? I don't know. Oh. They rushed, 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 rushed to get her in there. And then she did do that overlay that Princess, um, I can't think of her name. Dang it. Arulian. She's not in it. Yes, she's not in it either. And she's a huge part of the story. Huge part of the story if you are being faithful to the books. And she's not even in it, not one tiny bit. Where is she? Oh. Oh. Help, Carl. I have no idea. Yeah. I, I don't but know what to say. I, this is asking you as a sort of a sound, a sound junkie. Why would they get a score and then bury it in the movie instead of, you know? Because they want background. They don't want to make the music the main thing. But the thing is, there's a delicate balance between losing the music and background. And that's where they probably lost, you know, make a mistake, right? That, that they should have made it more, uh, you know, uh, I mean, I, I can't really say. I don't know what to tell you. Well, in oh. the David Lynch version, every bit of the score done by Toto, people make fun yeah. because it was, was epic. Fitting the visuals, you know. Right. Right, right, right. Okay, here's another thing that I did not like about it, and that is changing the gender of Liette Kynes. Dr. Kynes has a specific reason for being um, um, the father of Chani. Chani loses her father just at the exact same time that Paul loses his father. And this is a bond between the two of them that is played out in the frickin' story of the book. Okay? But we need to be woke, don't we? We need to be woke. And who are we going to gender twist here? Which one? Which one? Well, of course, why not change Dr. Kind in Kind's into a female and make it her mother. Chani's mother dies. Well, now there's no bond between Paul and Chani. There's nothing to bring them together. They have no no foundation to feel each other's pain. Fucking stupid. Sorry. <laughs> stupid. Oh, and I have a friend who said this also. If you're going to use Charlotte Rampling, cover up her face with a bunch of metal. Okay? That's a fucking lutely. I love okay. her. 
Yeah, well, you couldn't see her. She had chain mail across her face, like she needed it or something, because everything's psychic, right? So there's no swords or anything. I don't know. It was the the costuming will not win prizes. Yeah. Every time I see a failed version of Dune come out, it makes me wish we could have gotten Joe Dawarski's version yep. more and more. Yep. Oh, my God. But, Do not yeah. tell me this. Wait. Wait for it. Wait for it. You know who might, <sighs> you know who might be um, um, Fade? Oh, my Ooh. God, please no. <laughs> Ryan Gosling. Did you hear my voice? Yes. Ryan Gosling might be saved. I like Ryan oh. Gosling, but <laughs> he is definitely in the Hugo Stiglitz Hall of Fame to being acting as stiff as a board. He's like, it worked in Drive. So I will act every movie like I'm an emotional, emotionless zombie creature. You know, and it also worked in Blade Runner because he was, you know, a robot. I thought Blade Runner 2049 was good. He was good in it because he, that's the way he acts. Okay. How about Jared Leto? What do you think of him as being saved? Uh, yeah, I know. Why do they have to go with these people? <laughs> okay. Because they draw uh, customers in? Yeah, yeah. that's true. Now, oh, and here's a bit of new, news from the past you want to talk about. Ridley Scott said that the reason that uh, the adult movies failed in uh, November, the last battle last duel and the other ones is because only the stupid ones are going out to movies, the millennials, (laughs) and they have no common sense when it comes to watching movies. Okay, whatever. Yeah. Yeah, I just think it's funny. I, I, I understand where he's coming from. Probably because I've dealt with these people for 18, almost 20 years. And, you know, the, he's not wrong. What these but he's not like, taking his responsibility in the mess. If people don't well, watch your movie, true. you got to take some responsibility in it. Right, Carl? Yes, Absolutely. Absolutely. Agreed. No, I agree. I agree. I agree. And the two biggest losses of last year have Okay, before to be... we do that, before before we do that, I, I have one other movie I want to mention. And you were just okay. talking about Jodorowsky. Yeah. Now, yeah. What, so, so I started, I, I talked a little bit about Incredible Strength Health, and this year, uh, uh, I was introduced to a filmmaker by the name of Joe Badon. And Joe Badon made this film, which is now out on DVD and on uh, 
of VOD called Sister Tempest. And I've talked to you about this, Stephen. But but to me, Joe Padon is the micro-budget Jodorowsky. I mean, this film is just so out there. And And what do I always say to you? Jodorowsky is the micro-budget Jodorowsky. I know. I know. But $50,000 today is different than $50,000 five decades ago. Just remember that. Yeah, but still, uh, pull off the visual that Jodorowsky does on just a million. I'm please, telling you right now, you have please. not seen this movie. You have not seen this movie. This guy does How stuff. How can you tell me something that believe. I already know? <laughs> uh, I mean, hey, uh, yeah, you could say I'm yeah. telling you the movie's good, but you're going, yeah, I'm telling you, you haven't seen this movie. I had to ask myself if you're right or not. You know how hard that is, and to make yourself not look like a psychotic to ask yourself if you've seen a movie or not. No. Well, listen, I, I'm a psychotic for this movie and this filmmaker. Seriously, you need to see this film, and especially you, because I, I want your feedback on it. Because I'm telling you, I I am in love with this film. If it weren't for the card counter, this would be my favorite film of the year, easily. And Joe is well, a we fucking gotten to my Yeah, the two biggest losses to me this year were uh, a filmmaker and uh, an Aboriginal actor, and both of them changed everything once they come onto the scene. Absolutely. The first would be uh, Melvin Van Peebles. Who oh with, yeah, yeah. With uh, sweet sweetbacks, badass song, story of a four day pass, watermelon man, uh, don't play as cheap, ain't gonna die a natural death. Yeah, Absolutely. he was the one who proved that black films will make you a crap load of money. Me. Mm-hmm. And he made a film that was rated X by an all-white jury. The MPA got asked him, he said, you can't do that. And he said, did the jury decide the rating? Uh, yes. Were there any blacks or any colors in it? No. Then it was rated X by an all-white jury. (laughs) Of course. Yeah. Uh, he was very political and very just just a fantastic filmmaker. No question about it. And the other one, well, those of us into Aussie exploitation, or those of us that like the director of Walkabout, Nicholas Rogue, seen this guy who played the Aboriginal, David. What? Uh, well, Gulliapil is what he went yeah, by. Yeah, Yeah. Yeah, allowed, The family's allowing that name to be used again. So, David Gulliapil. Oh, yeah. He, yeah. If you're going to watch any films of his, I would say his best three would be Walkabout, 
rabbit proof and, and rabbit proof fans. Also, I would I would say the tracker. I'd say Mad yeah. Mad Dog Morgan. Yeah. Um, and there's a there's a short film on on um, YouTube called Messiah, which you need to see with him in it too. Uh, and, he was fantastic. Uh, and there's a documentary that came out this year. It hasn't had any U.S. company buy it yet, but because uh, I am David Gulliapil is something that I want to see. Oh, you're not the only one. You're not the only one. Uh, he was an average. The reason he was cast in Walkabout is he was a dancer. He was a tribal dancer. And yeah. uh, his presence and everything about him was just amazing. And he was in, um, uh, what's the, um, oh, come on, come on, Carl. Um, the Australian guy who did movies, you know, white guy who was like uh, uh, oh, nature Crocodile, guy. Oh, Crocodile Dundee. He was in Crocodile yeah. Dundee, too. He had the best line from Crocodile Dundee. Yeah. Uh, where uh, the woman aims the camera and he said, you can't take a picture of me. And she's like, why? Your religion? No, you have the lens cap on. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you remember that phenomenon in the 80s, don't you, Vicky, when everything was crocodile dundee? Oh, man, do I. Yes, yes, absolutely. Yeah. Yes, uh, I had clothing that matched the female character in Crocodile Dundee. Yes, everything. The actress's name. Yeah. I can't remember her name. Tall, blonde. Linda Coswell. Or Linda Hogan since they got married, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, all the clothing for a while was based on her. So, yeah, yeah I remember that and everyone loved Crocodile Dundee. Or, you know, there was a lot of stuff that was that was based on that whole franchise and everything. So yeah, yeah, I remember. Yeah, <laughs> I remember. Can I mention a couple of people that passed away? That... Go ahead. Okay, for one thing, this really shocked me. Even though he was eighty years old. Um, but drummers don't usually, if they take care of themselves, die. And so when Charlie Watts died um, this late summer, um, I was just really shocked because um, his other bandmates should die and not him. <laughs> and so Well, he had just... retired to deal with those issues maybe two or three years before. Yeah, yeah. And so, yeah, but... It it just really super made me really sad. And then um, one of my favorite shows from 2019 was um, um, Lovecraft Country on HBO. They only did one season, and there's a whole bunch of dirt on why they didn't do season two. Lots of dirt, and it's just now starting to come out. So I guess we'll know the truth of it in the next couple months of why there was no season two. But uh, Michael K. Williams 
was uh, one of oh, the, the actors. Yeah. And he he has a super interesting story of how he became an actor and how he was found and how he 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 started in the music industry and dancing and NPR did a two part um, series on him a couple of years back and uh, and he just it just made me really sad that he had passed away. I don't know about Carl, but my cow to me will always be Leonard Pine. Oh, absolutely. Yes, yes, yes. absolutely, absolutely. So, if yeah, you haven't seen a... that two, uh, three season series of Happen Leonard, you need to. It's just great. Yeah, it's fantastic. Yeah, yeah. So he was only fifty-four, and to us who are not fifty-four. <laughs> Um, that's way Me. too young to pass away. <laughs> yeah. 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 So, um, and then, um, some of my favorite Saturday Night Live was Norm MacDonald, and I didn't know he was sick. So that really was kind of a shocker for me because, um, uh, he'd been battling cancer for a long, long time, and I didn't know it at all. Nobody and knew so, it. Yeah, so you, but the people that always put him down and said bad things over the past decade about him, F them, because you don't ever, somebody who's battling cancer, you don't say bad things about them. I don't care. You just don't. Yeah. You keep it to yourself. I respect, Be a human. I respect someone who gets an illness like that and who just vanishes rather yeah. than, though I've seen you, some of them, they get diseases that go on talk shows and talk about how strong they are and how they're yeah. battling. Yeah. Yeah. No, he that um, he was courageous in that. And, you know, the thing about Norm MacDonald was, is that he never pulled any punches. You knew where he stood, and, oh, yeah. and he stood on. He stood by what he said, and that I always admired him. Um, even if I didn't think he was right, but a lot of times I thought he was right. So I really admired who he was as was as a human being. And he got fired from saying out loud because. Yep. O.J. Simpson's friend, who was one of the show higher-ups, said that he was making too many jokes about O.J. Yeah, the murdering bastard. (laughs) Um, Okay, and then the one that really made me cry back in um, uh, September, sorry, was Willie Garson. Now, if you don't know who Willie Garson is, if you saw his face, you'd go, oh, yeah, that guy. Because he was one of those actors who was that guy. But he had a, a long-standing role on Sex in the City, of which I never watched, okay? I never watched that show. So that's not where I love him from. Um, I love him from my... Blue Collar. Yeah. Yeah. See, he was in a, all kinds of television a few movies but all kinds of television and he was a really fantastic father and he was a really fantastic human being 
And two of my most favorite uh, Stargate episodes where he acted opposite Richard Dean Anderson, and they went toe-to-toe, and he, they, were, they were better when they were together acting off of each other. And, and so that was, was a terrible loss to all of us even though you don't know. You guys know, but maybe out there you don't know who Willie Garson was. Yeah. And so I just wanted to mention those those people. Okay. And since we're getting close to the end, we might go a little over. I'm still going to mention my best of the year. Uh, but before that, Carl hasn't day. What was your best all-out favorite, God, I love this movie of this year? Uh, that would be The Card Counter. Card counter. And, and and if you can give me a moment, uh, Stephen, since we were talking about people who passed away, I just want to mention somebody uh, that I was very close to. Not a famous person, but anyone who had been at Incredibly Strange Films um, and knew David Whittington, who was the head admin and was his group, and he had several other groups that he had, uh, passed away just a couple of days ago about a four days before Christmas, and we're still reeling from that. Uh, David was, um, you know, I became a member about five years ago, and he brought me in and made me a mod and made me an admin right away. And we worked really, really close together the first two and a half years I was there, and then I started really working on the podcast. But, but uh, you know, to anyone who, who listens to this and knows me and that, you know, we're still mourning David. And, and though not famous, he had a huge impact on, on oh, Facebook. Oh, and uh, those who know Carl and knows that know ISF, watch out. The political bullshit is about to start to hit the fan. And it's <laughs> going to be stinky. Yeah, I hope not. I don't want that to happen. I certainly do not. Yeah, but you know uh, it but, will. I'm sure it will. I'm sure it when will. When you got I don't a want group of vain people who keep love looking in the mirror, you it never turns out good, does it, Vicky? Nope. No, it does not. No, it does not. Well, I happen to agree your, with you. Yeah, what was your favorite film of last year, Vicky? Have you already mentioned it? I think that Green Knight was my favorite film. I don't yeah. I don't have 2021 is not my year of films. I don't like them, but I want to mention a a television show that I didn't mention before that I think um it's worth it to get Apple TV and that's For All Mankind. It's a a re it's a it's a, it's not a re anything. It's it's a telling of what would have happened, an imaginary telling of what would have happened if the Russians would have got to, um, to the moon first during the space race. And it is so well written. It is so well acted. It is, and there's two seasons, and season three will come out in 2022. It is so well done. I dare you to start watching it and then try to stop watching it. It's so good for all it's mankind. It's the Pringles of TV show. We dare you it to eat good. just one. Yeah. No, Ruffles. Exactly. Ruffles, my bad. Y'all beat me for it that is, one, though. Carl. I got the brands mixed up. Ruffles. Yes, you did. <laughs> so it's 
So that's my favorite. That's my favorite. I introduced several people, and I know so, I know many people that work on it, and um, it's it's a labor of love for all of us that didn't get to the moon when we were promised the moon. So watch that. Apple TV for all mankind. Oh, and speaking of, David Gilpulley had a cameo in The Right Stuff when they <laughs> landed in Australia. Yes, he, he did. Oh. Yep. Oh, oh yeah. My uh, best film of last year is one that I wasn't expecting. I just did it because I didn't know the director. Carl's like, what? You're an idiot. <laughs> two years, okay. uh, it was a, two or three years ago, my number one film of the year, is probably a little bit longer, was Hardcore Henry. And I love right. that insane little film and his director. But <laughs> then I've seen trailers for Nobody, and... I watched it just because I wanted to, and good Lord, does he get a lot better. I mean, it opens up with him sitting in a police station with a painting under one arm, and the first thing he does is he pulls a can of tuna out of his uh, uh, coat and then the kitten out of his other coat pocket and starts feeding it into in the middle of a police station. <laughs> And then we get into the story of the movie, which, you know how when John Wick and all those others is like, my God, why do they have to keep dragging me back in? <laughs> yeah. This one is like, my God, I miss this so much. <laughs> the nice. uh, couple breaks into his house and the... Uh, Steals his little girl, little five-year-old girl's kitty, kitty cat bracelet. So he just goes off on a tangent trying to find the kitty cat bracelet. And he has the luck that a bunch of drunken Russian mafias come on the bus that he's riding back home and start causing crap with his girl. And in his, in, in his mind, he says, I would like to tell them thank you for this meal I'm about to receive. <laughs> and then he proceeds to beat the crap out of them. And it's the only film you're going to see Doc Brown from Back in the Future, Christopher Lloyd, run around and blow away a whole lot of guys with shotguns. That sounds like Okay, funny. I'm hooked. Yeah. Or as he says, Dad, why'd you bring so many shotguns? He says, well, you brought that, you brought a whole lot of Russians. <laughs> <laughs> but that twist about it where it's like a killer who's enjoying the kill, you know, it's like, thank God you're giving me a reason to beat the crap out of you. <laughs> Nice. It's the guy from Better Call Saul in it. Oh yeah, Breaking they just canceled Bad. that. Yeah, they just well, canceled that. Well, no, this this year was supposed to be the last year of it. Period. Oh, okay. Then yeah. that's probably what they meant. But yeah, this movie was just fun, pure brainless fun. 
And sometimes wow. that's what you need. That's right. And COVID. And time. I love it. And it's called nobody. <laughs> yeah, that's on my well, list. That's awesome. Yeah. yeah, last year has been a rough year for all of us. We've lost friends. We've lost family. Yep. A lot of us yep. have lost fur babies. Oh, yes. Don't want to talk about that. We think next year is going to be uh, brighter. What book and movie takes place in 2022, Carl? I forget what it is. What is it? Silent Greeters Green. People! Yeah. <laughs> so, if you think this is going to be bad, we got Soylent Green to look forward to next year. Yep, and... It'll probably be real, people. (laughs) (laughs) With all the crazy shortages that are going around, yeah. Yeah, well, just think, you know, um, what was it? 2019 was Blade Runner, and we did slip right into a dystopian world. (laughs) So, come on. The whole soil and green thing? Well, there is a product called Soylent Green already out there. It's like, I think it's hair care products or something, but there is a product out there called Soylent Green. Yes, there is. Wait, and you know that they didn't know. They didn't know about the movie. What? It's the most bizarre thing ever. Why would that not come up in five seconds if you do a copyright search? On the title, Soylent Green. Right, right. That's the crazy part about this whole thing, is how didn't they know about Soylent Green as people from a movie? They didn't. They're, it's our world. It is our world. Um, they came, came up with Soylent Green because of uh, their soy in it or something like that. And it's green in color so that they called it that. It's just stupid. It's the most stupid thing I've read. One of the most stupid things I've read in 2021. Yeah. And with that, we're going up to 2022. Hopefully it'll be a better year than this one. Okay. Can I just say something real quick? 2022 also? Please, not that. Yeah. Well, with the people that won't get their shots, that would quit their jobs, quit the military, you either take this shot or you're getting uh, dishonorably discharged from the military. And they seriously just go, okay, bye. Uh, I, yeah. I I work with people in the school system that don't get shots, and we are exposed to children with um, COVID all the time. I mean, I, I missed three weeks of school because of it <clears throat> this year because I was exposed and I had to be home on quarantine and blah, 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 blah. Yeah. You know, uh, we all have the measles shots. 
Because if we didn't, we'd all have the measles and half of us would be dead. So get the stupid shot. It's not. Just get the shot. Yeah. That's all I have to say. And uh, Carl will agree, give me this point. And he'll agree with it. Well, the people are going around saying, well, I don't have to take the shot because God will take care of me. Uh, who do you think, Carl, who put the idea in the scientist's head that... Exactly. It's, it's the, the old fly- joke. It's the old joke that the guy, that there's a guy in a flood, says, God's going to save me. And, 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 and the boat comes by and doesn't get on. He says, God's going to save me. He goes up to the roof. And, and, and the yacht comes by and God's going to save me. And then goes up to the top of the chimney. And a helicopter comes by. God's going to save me. And then dies because of the flood. And he gets to heaven. And, and he says, but I thought you were going to save me, God. He says, who the hell do you think set the damn boat, yacht, and the helicopter, you asshole? <laughs> and and we, you can't touch that. And with that, thank you for Vicki and Carl for being on the air. And let everybody have a good, happy New Year this year. Absolutely. Yes, my pleasure. And happy Absolutely. New Year, everybody. And happy New Year to you, Stephen and Carl. And same to you, Vicki and Stephen. <laughs> and happy New Year to all of our listeners out there. Absolutely. Right. Yep, and give and give if you got your mom or your fur baby, give them a big hug for me, because sometimes sooner or later they won't be there for the hugs, so they need That's to get right. too many. Exactly. And with that, good night, everybody. Good night. Good night. Thank you, Stephen. Good night, sweetheart. Well, it's time to go. Good night, sweetheart. Well, it's time to go. I hate to leave you, but I really must say, oh, good night, sweetheart. Just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. (gasps) No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.